I just want to say I am so grateful to be part of a church that recognizes and takes time to bless people in transition. And so I'm grateful that we took time this morning. And I pray, as, as Doug had mentioned in his prayer, I echo that prayer, that whatever may lie ahead for you as a student, teacher, faculty, parent, whatever it is, the school year finds nothing but blessing for you. And that's where I want to turn our attention to this morning is blessing. What comes to mind when you think of or try to uh, favor God's blessing? Um, many years ago, when, uh, when I wanted to ask Laura to be my wife, I went uh, to her father and I wanted his blessing which means I wanted his approval, right? I wanted his favor for what I wanted to ask his daughter. And so I went to my father-in-law. Some of you have met my father-in-law, and this will make total sense in just a moment. But I went to him, I said, Mike, I love your daughter. I want to marry your daughter. May I ask her in marriage? And he goes, oh, good. I thought she was never going to get married. Um, she's one of four. She was the last one to get married. I, and we, it's not like we got married. We got married at 22. So it wasn't like hey, we were super old or anything. But the idea of blessing, right? Of going and asking and trying to favor and curry and get blessing. Now, you may not use the word blessing, but in some way, some form or fashion, as school and as, as we get ready for school, you are looking for and asking for God's blessing. You're asking God, please don't let me have that teacher. She's really tough, right? You're asking for a blessing in that question, right? Oh, oh, God, please, uh, can I please have, uh, you know, this schedule? Or can I have this? Can I please be, can I have the, I'm so scared of friends. You're asking for blessing. And you may not use the word blessing, but we often go to God in prayer and we're looking for favor from God. So I don't know what comes to mind when you hear the word blessing. I, I have some pet peeves. This is one of mine. Um, when I hear you talk about your parking spot as a blessing from God, it really irks me, right? Got a front row parking spot. God has blessed us today, okay? Oh, our team won the game. We are blessed. Okay, that's even worse, right? Or if your political team or figure wins the election or gets the bill passed, oh, we're going to be blessed now. All these things are misrepresentations of what a blessing is from God. You see, we take blessing typically, um, often we take blessing as something you can hold on to. It's something materially that you, that you can grasp and say, right? But even more important than that, because often and sometimes blessing can be material, we think blessing favors us alone, right? It comes from our perspective, Oh, I sold my house for $50,000 over asking price. We are blessed, which is a misrepresentation of blessing in Scripture. While God does care about our material possessions, God is more concerned about the shape of our hearts. He's more concerned about the spirituality that lies deep within you and not so much about the parking spot that you may get at Walmart or how you are comfortable, or how from your perspective, things are better all of a sudden. 
This is why I go to Matthew chapter 6 this morning. In Matthew chapter 6, it's the second chapter of three chapters of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. I've said this before, but the Sermon on the Mount is a centering uh, section of Scripture for me. I go to it often. I try to be in it daily. And in Matthew chapter 6, what we have is three spiritual practices. If you are looking for a way to spiritually draw closer to God, you turn to Matthew chapter 6. If you have no idea how you can draw and and grow closer in relationship to God, you go to Matthew chapter 6. Okay? Because in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is going to talk about three spiritual practices. Giving to the needy, praying to Him, and fasting. Actually giving up food for a certain amount of time. That's the kind of fasting Jesus talks about. Now, Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, he has been challenging those who are here, who are listening to him, uh, pretty directly through Matthew chapter 5. And here in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus has something else to say. And I, and I just want to read the first four verses of Matthew chapter 6 and hear what kind of blessing God through Jesus is talking about. Be careful, Jesus says. Not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the need, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, here it is, they have received their reward in full. He goes on. Next slide for me. I'm reading off the screen. Sorry, Melissa. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, here it is, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now, often I think what happens is, because Jesus is going to say this three times, with giving, with praying, and with fasting, he's going to talk about reward. And what we modern ears do is we hear reward and we think trophy, right? We think, oh, you know, inheritance. We think cash. We think some kind of prestige. We think something managing, something tangible that we can hold on to. Now, I don't think this is the kind of reward that Jesus is talking about. Jesus doesn't say if you pray, God will bless you with a really cushioned bank account. This is not what he's talking about. Jesus is challenging those who are listening to him to do something that is vastly different and to view how they live life vastly different than the world around them. And so our first example, which with time, we're going to look at the the giving one in, in great detail. What Jesus is doing is helping us be people who practice spiritually in a different way. And he gives two examples, right? Those who give, there are some who give to the needy, and they announce it with trumpets. He's being overly, you know, he's, he's, giving, he's laying it on thick in his example. They want you to know they gave to the needy. They want you to know that they're taking care of so-and-so, and they're doing this, and A, B, and C is all part of that. And they announce it with those kinds, with grandeur, right? And Jesus says what? Their reward has already been paid. Because that is why they do it. Now he goes on to say, when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So that your giving may be done in secret, which is also a theme in these three examples. 
So your giving may be done in secret, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will what? Reward you. Now, if Jesus isn't talking about trophies, then what could he possibly be talking about? Well, that word, reward, that's a good translation of the word, but that word, more appropriately, is to give over. Or even, you can think of it this way, to give from. Okay? Um, so your father who sees what is done in secret will give over to you. And so the idea now becomes that it's not so much a trophy, it's that because you have done something and because of the time spent with it, God gives out of that abundance. So that the act in of itself is the reward because you have spent time with the Father in that. That giving as a spiritual practice is giving because God is a giver. And so it's not a reward of trophy, it's a reward that God gives over to you for your work or for your action, for your contemplation, for your intentions in that moment. Position yourself for God's blessing. I think what giving, praying, and fasting have in common is that God will give out of himself. He will give to you from himself when you are positioned to receive the blessing of God. And we wonder sometimes why God doesn't bless us, right? We wonder sometimes why things aren't going our way or why better things aren't happening, why my health isn't getting better, why my job is, is going down, why all these different things we wonder. And oftentimes what we learn from giving, praying, and fasting in Matthew chapter 6 is that we aren't positioned to receive God's blessing. If you want to read a book, you don't go to a rock concert, Right? If you want a suntan, you don't position the chair in the shade. If you want to lose 100 pounds, you don't, have, you don't sit in front of a bowl of ice cream. And if you want to play with your children, you don't go out in the front yard at 3 a.m. and wait for them to come. You don't position yourself in places or in, in ways where things aren't going to happen or likely won't happen. And God's people... I believe, ought to stop relying on a Hail Mary or a lottery ticket and ought to be people who position themselves into the presence of God because God will bless those he is in the presence of. And when we are givers, as an example, and we give without our left hand knowing our right hand, God sees that, and guess what? That's the most important spiritual practice you can have. And when you pray, you don't pray on the street corners as he goes on, Jesus does, so that others will see you praying. You pray secretly and quietly and lonely in your room because God is there and God will give to you from that moment. And when you fast, you give up things that you need. You are positioning yourself for God's blessing because God will nourish you. The presence of the Spirit is upon you. This is throughout Scripture. This idea of positioning ourselves for blessing. 
Because this is a God who gives us acceptance that we never have to question. A God who gives us his inheritance and we never have to fear it will be lost. A deliverance and it will never be taken away. Grace that's not limited. Hope that is not disappointing. Joy that will never diminish in his presence. A nearness that will never be reversed on us. A peace that will not be disturbed. A righteousness that will never be tarnished. And a salvation that cannot be canceled. The blessings of God are around us, but are we willing to be people who position ourselves in his presence? Two things I want to leave you with very practically. I'm out of time, but I want to leave you with two things that you can do. Students, teachers, faculty, parents, everyone, these are two very simple, practical things that you can begin to do to position yourself for the blessing of God, to put yourself in the presence of God. Outside of, you know what you can do? is You can go to Matthew chapter 6. And you can begin to give, pray, and fast. But I want to give you two things that you can do right now to position yourself for God's blessing. The first one is this. Make time for God. Okay? That's very churchy and preacher, right? Okay? Make time for God. Open up your Bible. Spend time in prayer. Make sure, as John so poignantly pointed out through his communion thoughts, all the busyness that is around us, how can you be intentional to carving out time that is set aside for God? And if you keep reading in Matthew chapter 6, the next section that's about prayer, Jesus has a lot to say about carving out time to being in the presence of the Father. When you make time for God, you know what you're doing? You're positioning yourself for the blessing of God. But more than that, you're positioning yourself for the blessing of His presence. Being intentional with that. Um, James is a wonderful companion to the Sermon on the Mount. James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. James is talking about all these different things that, that come after us. And he goes on in verse 7 and says, Submit yourselves to God. He says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And how do we do that, James? The next sentence is pretty important. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Make time for God. Make time for God because you are positioning yourself for the blessing that comes out of the presence of God. And secondly, mold your words for God. Now, I'm not talking about Perhaps the colorful language that you have, though that ought to be a part of this conversation. And again, go to James, uh, James chapter 2 in particular, right? James has a lot to say about the words and the, and, and the, the words that come from our, our tongues. But we ought to be people who are truthful and honest, straightforward, loving and caring with the words that we choose to use. Little white lies do not bring glory and honor to God. And so the words we choose to use, the words that we mold out of our mouths, can actually position us for the glory of God because we bring God glory and honor by the words we choose and how we say them. But more importantly, we position ourselves for the blessing that God can bring upon us because He's present when we choose to use godly language, godly words, encouraging words, positive words. James chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. With the tongue, 
We praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. What is James doing? He's saying these things contradict each other. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. And we can use the language that I've used this morning and, and, and say James is telling us, asking us to position our words for the presence and blessing of God. So you can make and you can mold this morning, today, tomorrow, the first day of school and the hundredth day of school. You can choose to be a person, a, a student or and an adult that goes and makes time for God. You can make it happen and you can mold and choose your words for him. And when we do that, we're not just waiting. We're not just asking. We're not just hoping the lottery wins. We're positioning ourselves for God's presence in our life. If there's a need of any kind, I will make myself available down front here. I will be around all morning, and I would love, especially if you're a guest of ours this morning, to meet you. But if there's a need of any kind, anything I can do for you as your minister, please do not hesitate to find me or come down forward this morning. Let's stand together as we position ourselves for God's blessing.